Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. My name is Jess Romero. My partner, Eddie Chavez, he'll be coming on in a few minutes. <clears throat> There's a video that I'll see if, if my engineer is ready. There's a video that I'd like you to take a look at. It's um, it's by Mike Sweeney. He's a retired baseball player. And in this video, he basically says that baseball players don't want to be used as political pawns. I couldn't agree with him more. And after we listen to that video, I also want to talk to parents who have their kids in sports. Sometimes, and I remember when I was a young parent, sometimes we uh, we put so much pressure on our children. We want them to be the next Olympic athlete instead of just uh, allowing them to cultivate their body, to learn confidence, to learn how to play together with other people. And I, I think sometimes as parents, we take it too serious. And a lot of times as parents, we try to live what we didn't do through our children. So uh, let me check with Mr. Engineer to see if he's got the clip of Mike Sweeney. He says baseball players don't want to be political puns. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? To put it in context, I'm joined by Mike Sweeney, an five-time MLB All-Star Mike, you've been talking to a lot of players about the Dodgers' decision to honor this group. What are they telling you about the conflict they're feeling between their franchise and their faith? Well, you saw the last week, you know, wonderful uh, Christian men like Clayton Kershaw, Blake Trinan of the Dodgers speaking out against the organization that employs them, saying, look, we're not even Catholics yet. This anti-Catholic hate group, we we don't support the Dodgers um, crowning these men that dress up in the sacred beauty of a habit of a nun and crown them as community heroes. Uh, Trevor Williams, a pitcher for the Washington Nationals, a brother in Christ that I'm in a Bible study with down in San Diego. He, he spoke out. And I think baseball players, they just want to be baseball players. I remember mm -hmm. as a young boy, uh, not a better feeling in the world when my dad would come home from work and he'd have tickets to go watch the Angels game or the Dodgers game. And my brother and I would sit with our hero and be inspired by some of the heroes of our, our youth, these mm -hmm. baseball players. And the baseball players don't want to be political pawns. And, you know, quite frankly, the way the Dodgers are handling things, I won't be taking my three boys mm -hmm. who love baseball up to Chavez, Chavez Ravine and Anytime soon. Oh, uh, it's really, it's sad. It's really sad. And I mean, you know, if it weren't for the Catholic League who objected and sort of mobilized their people the day after the Dodgers walked it back, and then they, they decide to walk back the walk back and, and honor this group. But if they wanted to honor a group of nuns or a group of women who cared for, for gay people, they should have looked no further than the missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's nuns here in New York. They did that for years when no one cared. Mike, Major League Baseball changed their Twitter logo to celebrate Pride Month. But after Twitter users lashed out, the logo went from this yesterday to this today. Your thought, your reaction to this. The MLB is denying that uh, the outrage had anything to do with it, by the way. They told Newsweek the organization always planned to recognize the beginning of Pride Month. 
Uh, and then Friday marked Lou Gehrig's day, which is celebrated league wide. And so they updated the profile to reflect that. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw spoke out about the Dodgers now having Christian Family Day back at Dodger mm-hmm. Stadium. And I was a member of teams that we spoke after the games. Fans would stick around. But even as a Christian, as a Catholic that loves our Lord, uh, we would never require some of our, our brothers on the team that were Islamic or Jewish or non of, of any faith at all to go on Christian Family Day and be forced to wear a crucifix or a cross on their jersey. No, we love mm. we love our brothers on our team, and we're baseball players. We're not political figures, but yeah, to to the L.A. Dodgers, like you know, why are you celebrating a group that is hateful? You're talking about inclusion, diversity. Mm. Well, celebrate these beautiful nuns that walk the streets of L.A. every day and feed the homeless and care for those that are in the AIDS victims and those dying in hospitals. Those are the true heroes of the community. And also just you're alienating two thirds of Los Angeles population. Um, identify themselves as Christians. Ah. Half of that group are Catholics. And now you're just spitting on your fans saying, we don't care what you think. We don't care what you believe because we're going to celebrate something. We're going to push a political agenda. So it it breaks my heart as a a former major league player. But Raymond, I just got out of mass about 40 minutes ago. And the gospel Mm -hmm. reading tonight was Matthew chapter 22. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says the two greatest commandments Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. To these men that dress up in the beautiful habits of these holy women that give their life to Jesus and His holy Catholic Church and mock everything that is sacred and beautiful. I want you to know, sisters of perpetual indulgence, that Christ loves you. He Mm. died for you. And please quit mocking Quit mocking and destroying and blaspheming His holy church. You are loved mm-hmm. by God and called to be a saint. So I, I, I was praying. I was fasting all day for these men. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was praying that they would, too, have a conversion. There you go, Mike Sweeney. Uh, yeah, baseball players don't want to be used as political puns. Mike Sweeney's a retired Major League Baseball player. a practicing Catholic. And he's... Uh, he, he's uh, he's part of Team Jesus. Eddie, welcome to the show, my brother. Any comments on what Mike Sweeney just said? Yes. Um, hopefully, you guys can hear me. But you know, just it's just it's just beautiful to hear somebody talk like this on a national show. You know, somebody who has a deep uh, uh, Catholic faith. Who, as as he's getting emotional there towards the end, uh, you know, Arroyo wraps up the segment. But it's good to point out that um, we have to follow men like this. We have to. Focus on what they're saying. He prayed for them. He fasted for these men. And uh, I, I think that's the idea, Jess, is that, uh, that there's no other way to defeat this. If, you, if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're in conflict with them, they're going to be in conflict with you. You've got to pray for them. Amen. Uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely a good role model. Uh, people like him, people like Jim Caviezel, there are some good people out there, Eddie. Uh, and, and by the way, just... Just want to make sure that everybody goes watches the movie, which is uh, killing it at the box office. Make sure you all go and watch uh, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. I'm going tomorrow with a bunch of people out here in Phoenix, Arizona, with a bunch of Catholic couples. We're going out, going out tomorrow on Friday. I already saw the movie April. I think I saw it like on April 15th. Uh, they, uh, Eduardo Verastegui, the, the actor-producer, came down here to Phoenix. And uh, there was a Kerry Lake fundraiser, and they showed the movie to all the benefactors. I was one of the benefactors for Kerry Lake. And so I watched it two months ago, and then Eduardo gave us a, a presentation right after the talk. 
Uh, and you can tell the way of the Wando Jim Caviezel, these actors are emotionally invested in, in stopping this human sex trafficking. What Eduardo said, what we saw with Epstein in Epstein Island, he says there are hundreds of Epsteins around the country. And, uh, and I'm glad that this movie is putting a spotlight on a huge problem that, Eddie, a lot of our politicians, especially Democrats, they know about, and they're very quiet about it. You know, Jess, it, it's so funny. We saw the movie yesterday. We went in the morning to see the uh, the show. And, uh, you know, Jess, that that tells me that uh, uh, the, the United States has so many people that are demanding this. And the reason they have so much problems with this uh, movie, bringing it to the screen, was the, uh, the very influential people that have money that are part of this. And, you know, just... There's been videos that come out. I, I remember one uh, that came out that was talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood and, and what they do to bring people in. And, uh, you know, just there's a lot of political figures. Uh, some of them were in uh, Hillary Clinton's camp that were part of the uh, wanting these young children. So, yeah, you know what? Anything they can do to, to help this uh, cause, Jess, is, is – and I'll go see it again, too, whenever we have uh, – people that are ready to go because it was, a, it was an awesome movie. No dry eye in the house, that's for sure. Eddie, you know what? Uh, amongst the Hollywood and the rich and famous, what they call child molesting and child trafficking, they use the code word, they call it Pizzagate. Yep. Yeah, pizza. Uh, because, you know, they, they, when they have code words for something, yeah. this is not oh, unintentional. Oh, I, I, just, I just have a desire for young one. This is intentional, Jess. They, they're 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 sinning mortally, and they're going to pay for it. It's just a matter of how much they're going to get away with here. You know what, Eddie? I'll tell you one thing. All of us have, we all have an exit interview interview in front of the Lord Jesus Christ courtroom, and I can tell you one thing: Jesus does have favorites, Boris favorites, children, and so I, I, I'm just. It's going to be a horrible spectacle to stand in front of Jesus Christ as an unrepentant child molester, child trafficker, child rapist. Boy, oh boy, uh, you will wish when you're before Jesus at your particular judgment, you will wish that you were never born if you die an unrepentant child molester, child trafficker. You know, just I've heard some people might have been one of the recent saints that says that when you go for your exit interview at the end of your life, you're going to be sitting almost like watching a, a movie of your life. You're going to have, uh, you know, angel on one side defending you, and then you're going to have this, the judge, which is Jesus. Can you imagine seeing yourself in, in some of those scenes in the movie um, where, where these guys are with, with uh, and we have to say, you know, there's nothing that's, that's uh, raunchy or, 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 or low class about this film. It was all uppity up. But, um, you know, they, they just lead on to some of these situations where, where there are men that, that want these kids. And, and you know what, Jess, can you imagine sitting in that exit interview? What is your angel going to say? I mean, there's nothing to say. Yeah. You uh, have to realize that. You're, uh, in, yeah. in, you're indefensible at that moment. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I will, we'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Catholics, get out there and watch the movie this week, Sound of Freedom. Let's raid the theaters. Sound of Freedom, uh, made by Catholic actor, director Eduardo Verastegui, Alex Monteverde. The, the protagonist is Jim Caviezel. Phenomenal story about uh, exposing the diabolical world of adult and human sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. It's a mind-blowing movie. I saw it uh, I saw it a few months ago over in Tucson, Arizona, and I can tell you a couple of takeaways that I remember from the movie. Eduardo gave us a talk right after the movie. He told us that Mexico is the largest exporter of child sex trafficking in the world. The second thing Eduardo told us was that the USA, no surprise, is the largest consumer of child sex trafficking in the world. The third thing Eduardo told us was that 80% of women that come across the southern border are raped. And after the women are raped, the Mexican cartels hang the underwear of the victim on a tree branch or a bush. And I, I got friends that live out in Tucson. They send me videos all the time. There are thousands and thousands of women's underwear and bras hanging on trees in the deserts of the United States Southwest Territory. And guess who allows this open trap of this, this, these open borders? The Democrat Party. And they know about this and they close their eyes to this. And the fourth thing, and I'll turn it over to Eddie human trafficking, Eduardo told us it's an $150 billion business. And this movie is basically exposing that what Jeffrey Epstein did in Epstein Island on a micro level, this is truly an international diabolical problem and sound of freedom puts a spotlight on this problem god bless these actors these brave actors and producers and directors to put out this movie catholics people of goodwill go out this week to your theaters buy a bunch of tickets give them out to friends and neighbors go and watch the movie sound of freedom jess i can only echo what you're saying it's a great movie uh you know tim ballard the actual uh character that's based on uh played a short role in the movie but he, uh, this guy has has the courage of a lion because he went in there and did this on his own. He went into a. Can you imagine going into a South American country uh, like that on your own and trying to deal with these people? Uh, this is beyond any undercover work I ever did. I'll tell you that he um, he's a man and and uh, had a great actor to portray him. And yeah, just like like uh, like the movie says, um, you know. Uh, God's children are not for sale. And and this is the thing, Jess. I remember working in East Los Angeles. We interviewed several people that had come from, from the border uh, when I was on patrol and when I was working detectives that um, that told us stories. And they told us stories that affected them for the rest of their life. I remember uh, a group of people, uh, an individual telling us about a group of people walking through the desert. And they came across a woman that was, that was rocking her baby alone, rocking her baby. The baby had been dead. For several days, he could tell, and she wouldn't come with them. She just sat in the desert and, and and rocked them. Just very horrible stories like this. And like you said, Jess, it's a Dems, it's the Democrats that have this thing, and they're ignoring it, and they're waiting to see if uh, somebody uh, on their side can get reelected. Shame on them. Yep. Amen. Eddie, before we go on to the next topic, I I found a, a early quote in the fourth century of a church father that talks about borders. Check this out. St. Gregory of Nyssa, fourth century church father. Here's what he says about open borders. Quote, the devil is the one 
who removes the borders of nations, close quote. St. Gregory of Nyssa, fourth century Catholic Church father. I'll say it again, quote, the devil is the one who removes the borders of the nations, close quote. <laughs> they just say no more. I mean, look, you know, you have you have good guys and bad guys, and uh, I think that the Dems are definitely on the bad side of things because you know you, you have these saints, Chess. And this is a saint recognized by the church. I mean, come on. I mean, do you really want to be on that side? Come on, people. Yeah, and not only a saint, one of the church fathers. Hey, Eddie, let's go on to another topic. Um, I want to talk about something that's painful, but we've got to talk about these things. We got to put on our big boy pants. I want to talk about Pope Francis and the COVID vaccine. The the COVID vaccine was forced upon us. This is written by a Catholic priest, so this priest has a lot of courage. Father Irby Nichols, God bless him for writing this. He says the COVID vaccine was forced upon us based on false data and propagandistic lies. Sadly, Father Irby writes, one of the people who pushed it was Pope. Francis. The COVID pandemic resulted in a moral morass for all who pushed the vaccine on the public. The American Medical Association, the CDC, the WHO, World Health Organization, the military, Biden administration, the media, celebrities, and Catholic Church dignitaries all demanded, canceled, fired, dismissed, and blamed anyone who refused the vaccine. They censored any information that strayed from the party line, and they're still doing so. These dignitaries define the situation as a pandemic of the unvaccinated to achieve compliance. <laughs> Eddie, you want to pick it up from there? Well written, yeah, keep, my father. Well written. Yeah, let's, let's keep reading, Jess. There are numerous studies that show the vaccine does not stop COVID and has caused injury and death to many. That's what it says. The president said that the vaccinated will not get COVID and won't give it to others. Since then, the president has tested positive for COVID twice. <laughs> Same as uh, St. Anthony Fauci. Uh, later, it was said that people who jab may have a greater chance of, co of contracting COVID. In a Texas prison, 70% of the fully vaccinated prisoners caught COVID. Uh, it says Pope Francis implied that it was sinful and selfish to deny taking the jab by calling it a moral obligation. No, it's not. No, it's it, not. It was not a moral obligation. You're right, Jess. I mean, this, this is this is coming from the leader of our church. In a January 2021 television interview, uh, he said, I believe that ethically everyone has to get the vaccine. He referred to the vaccine as an ethical option because it concerns your life, but also that of others. Biden and other politi uh, political leaders have quoted the Pope to justify their vaccine mandates. He referred to vaccination as an act of love and refusing to get vaccinated as suicidal. The Pope stressed that individuals had a responsibility to care for themselves and have respect for the health of those around us. Health is a moral obligation. Jess, do you want to comment the article on that? Here, here's what I'll say. First of all, as Catholics, uh, the Pope is the vicar of Christ, but the vote, the Pope uh, only has authority when it comes to faith and morals, mm -hmm. not science, not medicine, not climate, not recycling, not so many other things that he gets into. 
he gives his opinions on these other matters, and his opinions are about as 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 uh, weighty as my opinions or Eddie's opinions. That's all they are. It, it, this is not a matter of faith and morals. This is a matter of science. As Cardinal Pell said, rest in peace. He says the Pope is not an expert on science. Uh, rest in peace, Cardinal Pell. Let me continue with this article. It says that the Pope decreed that all employees and visitors to the Vatican receive the vaccine. Some bishops also required employees, parishioners, and visitors to be vaccinated. Uh, he says, my archdiocese issued additional rules for sharing the sign of peace, communion, homilies no longer than five minutes under threat of losing faculties, masks, fewer parishioners allowed, rope, rope off other pew to maintain six feet, sanitize the pews after each mass, etc. I'm sure the authorities involved had, a, had serious concerns and the best of intentions, but as Father Irby says, they were wrong. All of them were wrong. Yep. As to, as to stem cells, listen to this. This is important. As to stem cells from aborted babies, the, vac the Vatican quickly allowed any concerns, or the, vac the Vatican quickly allayed any concerns about material cooperation with evil because the, the vaccine was too far removed or remote from the abortion industry. Noted moral theologian, my friend, Dr. Janet Smith, disagrees because, quote, the body is benefiting from the fruits of one of mankind's greatest crimes. Well said, Dr. Janet Smith. And after having... Yes, you know, yeah, I, I start thinking about this, you know, uh, this dialogue about, about uh, the Vatican and, and Dr. Smith caused many Catholics that I know personally to question the motive behind our leaders in the country and in our church. I mean, they, the, the, I remember hearing that the Pope said, oh, yeah, well, uh, it's so far removed that there's probably, you know, no, no uh, stem cells in, in these vaccinations. But that's, that, was, that was not true, Jess. And the question remains, was he aware of that or was he saying something that was not true? That's, that's terrible. Or, or again, was, uh, was, was the Holy Father, was, uh, was there, I don't know, financial benefits for him to say what he said? And the reason I, I say this is because I would just um, alert anybody to watch today's Vortex and yesterday's Vortex. Church Militant did a phenomenal job showing the history of Marxism, how it came into the Democrat Party and into the Catholic Church. So if you want to understand why a lot of our bishops are Marxist and a lot of people that work in the Vatican are Marxist, you need to watch today's vortex and yesterday's because church militant, they show the complete history of how Marxist communism came into the Democrat Party in the 1940s and 50s. And then the Democrat Party brought it into the USCCB right around the 60s, starting with Bishop Dearden and others. It's a, it's a phenomenal historical analysis. And you're not going to understand the problems in the Catholic Church unless you watch yesterday and today's vortex. Uh, the, the, the article says here, having studied the syphilis experiments on African-Americans in the 1930s and having grown up with a classmate who was deformed by the thalidomide in the late 1950s, my thoughts are, you want me to do what? You want me to get the jab? Who do you think you are? My medical information is protected by HIPAA and it's nobody's business, yeah, not even the Pope, Unless I say so, uh, that vaccine couldn't possibly have been properly tested. That's the point to all of this. They fast-track this vaccine. It's not even a vaccine. It's an experimental jab, Eddie.
Yeah, just it was it was authorized under emergency use only. Just they, I remember seeing a video of this doctor, Doctor Vladimir uh, Zelenko. Doctor Zelenko came up with a protocol, a vitamin protocol. Uh, he didn't test it either, but all of his patients were 100% survived COVID. That was his claim. Uh, he was a Jewish uh, guy. He was a Hasidic Jew. Uh, he testified in front of a Hasidic uh, uh, court, and uh, it blew the it blew their mind just what he was saying about people. Uh, you know, he gave us a, a low, medium, and high risk patient uh, uh, vaccine. Uh, you know, avoidance the protocol, and it was interesting because. He was, um, he, well, he happened to, he died. He died in 48. But this is a, the beauty about it, Jess. I went on that protocol. I, I, I saw myself as a medium risk patient and I went on that vitamin protocol. Some of those vitamins I, I'm still taking now, but but that helped me get through it because just my back surgery was right at the beginning of the, of the pandemic. I was in the hospital for that. And uh, well, we'll talk about that some other time, but there was, um, there was a lot to be left uh, desired while somebody was in the hospital during that pandemic. And, uh, you know, they were waiting for people to get it because once somebody... Eddie, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Toll Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. We're talking about, I think a lot of people owe us an apology uh, as a result of so many people that have been injured and died because of the jab. Here, the article, I like the way the article ends right here. Uh, here here's the meat of it. It says, Biden, Fauci, and others lied about the vaccine. Then these same people condemned, canceled, and censored anyone giving out misinformation. The charade led to the movement against free speech that turned into a censoring and propaganda fest with the FBI and White House in cahoots with social media. Now that the truth should be known, it is incumbent on each person who forced the vaccine on the public, employees, soldiers, or parishioners, to publicly admit their sin and ask for forgiveness. Damages have to be assessed and appropriate remedies have to be applied. We don't just move on. People were hurt. You want to pick it up from there, Eddie? Sure, Jess. It says, um, of all those who pushed the vaccine, the Pope should have known better. He has advisors and physicians with access to libraries, the Internet, and the media. I don't expect the federal government or the media to be reliably truthful. I do expect the Pope to stay within his area of authority, kind of stay in your lane, to promote and promulgate the faith. The Pope has a responsibility to teach the truth in faith and morals and should be an example for all people. It's a serious matter to stand before the world and proclaim a falsehood that results in death and injury for others. All of those who push the vaccine, the Pope should have known of all those who push the vaccine. The Pope should have known better. It's a serious matter to stand before the world and proclaim a falsehood that results in death and injury for others. That's that's highlighted there. So it yeah. says uh, the Pope recently fired Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres, Diocese of Arecibo, I think it is, for failure to comply with the Vatican vaccine dictates. In line with the Pope, numerous U.S. bishops impose strict guidelines for clergy uh, and employees while closing parishes and schools. 
I have not yet heard anyone in the church or government cite a statute or canon law to show the source of their authority. Cutting people off from the sacraments or violating basic civil rights necessitates an agreed-upon plan or structure verse verses for a power uh, grabbing free for all. Just that was some one of the things. I mean, how many of us enjoyed seeing the mass online? For those of us who did that, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Here's the last paragraph, Eddie. It says public apologies should follow one of the Alcoholics Anonymous examples. <laughs> the offender yes. publicly states their offense, asks for forgiveness, and asks how they might set the matter straight. Nothing should be mentioned about who told what to whom or what the CDC said or what some doctor thinks. If you pushed a dangerous medical treatment, then you have some responsibility to those who suffered from following your advice. Pope Francis misused his position, gravitas, and moral authority to sell a false act of love, close quote, and as such, it is incumbent on the Pope to set an example for all the powerful. Yeah, no, Pope Francis, with all due respect, he should stand up like in an alcoholics meeting and say, my name is Pope Francis, and I'm, I apologize to every single Catholic in the world for pushing the jab on you and for pushing for pushing these false mandates. I'm sorry. Uh, It'll never happen again. I was fooled. He should do something like that. And I'm telling you, uh, uh, Eddie, there would be international respect for the office and for the person if he would do something like that. Yeah, I think he'd he'd, uh, retain a lot of his uh, dignity if he did that. You know, as a nation, Jess, and as a church, how how do we plan on benefiting from this deadly situation that occurred, this pandemic, uh, if we ignore our mistakes and pretend we handled it in the best possible way, it was not handled in the best possible way. You know, in my line of work, just in our line of work, law enforcement, after an operation, we debriefed. And during the debriefing, we, conduct, uh, uh, we you know, we desired and, and, and to learn. We took turns and everyone admitted their mistakes and even uh, uh, talked about other people's actions that they, they performed that they wanted to critique. So we have to admit our mistakes. And we have to even judge other people's actions so that we could evaluate them. And it's not going to happen because I don't think there's anybody in the Vatican just that wants to tell the Pope he was wrong about those things. You're right. Yeah, because they don't want to get the uh, the bishop. What's that bishop? The Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres treatment. He's the bishop that was basically removed from office by the Pope. Uh, he, he was, I think he's in Porch, uh, uh, Panama. I think he's in Panama. What one of the cities in the one of the countries of the Caribbean? Yeah, he he didn't want to uh, push the the mandates, the uh, the Gestapo mandate mandates on his diocese, and the Pope got rid of him. You know, Eddie, as a Catholic, I believe that the fetal cells, because they're used from aborted stem cells, uh, the fetal cells they're used either in in testing or the, or they're, or they're used in in formulating the vaccine. Uh, from from embryonic fetal stem cells, this is unethical. And what it does, it it perpetuates and it continues to incentivize the abortion industry. If people knew that blood sacrifices empower demons, and that's what an abortion is. I I talked to uh, Satanists and witches. They've told me uh, abortion is a blood sacrifice to Satan. And this is what these 
these stem these these uh, vaccines were made from aborted stem cells. And so uh, I like the way Father Ripperger explains why these things are are immoral. Father Ripperger says that using vaccinations, he goes, it is connected to abortion. He says it's an ongoing theft. And the only way you can restore the order of justice is you've got to bury the aborted fetal cells. That's the only way because you've got to return them back to God. Burying the remains of the fetal tissue or cell lines is the only way to fulfill justice in the eyes of God. You know, just and speaking about that, what you were talking about, another blood sacrifice is also uh, blood that that uh, inkers the, the tattoos that they put in somebody's skin. So sometimes they mix blood with those uh, with the ink, and they now they're putting blood on your skin, and that creates also a a blood sacrifice of source. And then you you know if if the if the tattoo is such that it's, that it uh, mocks God or it's it's something that's questionable, sinful, then then that's going to be a portal for for a demon. So th there's all kinds of things wrong with what the Pope said and, and did, Jess. And we have to we have to continue to pray for him because he uh, he needs to be surrounded with more uh, sound and conservative people that will tell him and be able to tell him. He must have some pride there, Jess. Yeah, he must. He was misled horribly in this instance. And uh, and he allowed himself to be misled because he he's surrounded by some bad people, by yeah. some modernists, by some heterodox theologians. Uh, and I'll tell you, as a Catholic, let's just be honest. Uh, the secular world, they look as Catholics. They say, well, you guys claim to be pro-life, but you guys, you know, you guys are hypocritically happy to to benefit from the fruits of abortion with these with these, uh, you know, uh, the, these these jabs. And, and I'll tell you. There's four reasons, I think, why Catholics should not have gotten the jab. And if you did, I would just go to confession and move on and just, you know, pray, pray that God doesn't allow you to suffer the effects of, 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 this, uh, of uh, this experimental jab. The, no, I think the government, Eddie, try to use us as human lab racks. That's what I think. We were just, I agree. We were just, we human beings through the government were nothing but lab rats. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is... They wanted us to stick our arms with aborted fetal stem cells. Once again, uh, as Catholics, this is a line that we should not cross. And here's another very important consideration. The Bible says that uh, when you receive Holy Communion, you unite yourself to Jesus Christ. You unite your body to Jesus. So we know that's, that's true because that's right in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. When you, take, when you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, you unite your body to the body of Jesus. Got it. Okay. Well, what does it mean then? If, if you unite your body to aborted fetal stem cells, you're uniting your body to a blood sacrifice to Satan. And so here's the question. If Holy Communion puts you in communion with Christ, does the vax put you in communion with Satan? I have heard some exorcists over from Greece and other parts of the world that have written articles that have said, yes, these are exorcists that during sessions, they say getting the vax puts you in communion with Satan. And we have had demons give us this information during solemn sessions. Yes, that's uh, very interesting because, you know, the, the demons are legalistic. So once you give something over to them, you're gonna. It has to be rebuked, rejected, and and if it's not rebuked or rejected, or, or denounced, 
then then you're going to have these issues. And and I think that what you said is right on, Jess. When somebody has this, they are in communion with Satan more than they are with with the Christ. And um, that's a dangerous place to be, Jess. I wouldn't want to be there. Um, but uh, that, that's that's the state of our church right now. We have to understand how far reaching the demons uh, are when it comes to saving, uh, you know, putting people in jeopardy. That's what that's what they're doing. Yeah, the fact is that these these COVID jabs that are simply experimental, they were they were developed on the backs of aborted babies. Let's just be honest. They were all produced using aborted fetal cells lines for testing purposes. And the aborted baby who was killed to extract those cells from their kidneys. Uh, and this baby was known and loved by Almighty God. Uh, personally, for those who have received the COVID-19 shots, my sympathies to you. Go to confession. I hope you don't have future complications. Ask God to heal you, and especially during Holy Communion. Lord, just say the word and my soul shall be healed. Uh, ask God and Our Lady to heal you. Uh, throughout the course of your life in prayer that you don't suffer the effects for, or the potential complications from these jabs because I believe that that uh, Big Pharma was just, and, and our, the government was just using this as human guinea pigs. It's the one world order thing, Jess. That's what it's all about. They're getting more information on how to control the population. That's, That's what they're right. doing. Yep, bingo. And, and you know, Jess, you know, people go to confession, they have to remember, you don't go to defend your sins. Remember, accuse yourself that's what we have to do oh it wasn't my employer that gave me a hard time no it was your choice you did it go to confession amen hey we're going to be talking about television next the way television has a powerful effect on children's emotions like as if we didn't know that stick around you're listening to jesus 911 justin and eddie will be right back talking about television the way it messes with children's emotions now back to jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Slow Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. Did you know that TV stunts children's abilities to regulate their emotions? Yes. According to, uh, to journalist Brick and Thies from Investigative Reporter, she writes... Children who are exposed to television at younger ages have a more difficult time regulating their emotions, a study shows. Makes sense to me. The article in the Infant Behavior and Development Journal shows television exposure in young children between about one and three and a half years old is associated with attention problems, self-regulation, emotional reactivity, and aggression. According to the authors, reactivity refers to the intensity with which humans respond to the world, like differing levels of excitement, fear, happiness, and other senses like sight and hearing. As humans mature, so does the ability to regulate that intensity, which contributes to emotional expression where attention is focused and how we engage with others. Eddie, you want to pick it up? Yes, Jess. It says... Early childhood is the foundational period for the development of self-regulation, and television exposure is thought to disrupt related processes, researchers wrote, adding that soothability and attention problems were the most common, uh, commonly affected regulatory functions for children 
who watch more television. However, exposure to television has also been linked to de uh, delays in language development, social problems, lower inhibition, and executive functions like problem solving, planning, and self-awareness. Television and other media exposures, exposure are nearly inevitable in the United States, with 99% of households having a television, at least one. The study also indicates that uh, but watching television has become the most common childhood activity in many countries, including the United States. In addition to the increased exposure to television, Digital media in all forms have also brought a market targeted directly at children from shows to movies to video games and social media. Screen time for children ages two to four years old is over uh, two hours per day, which is above the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendation that children under two avoid screen time altogether and children between two and five should not view more than one hour of high quality programming per day. The quality of the programming, such as educational content, does differ among cultures and procedures uh, different and, and produces different results uh, regarding emotional regulation. So one example uh, uh, used by authors is that uh, regulation problems were less strongly associated with television exposure among Spanish toddlers than Dutch ones. While the study did not review the causes of the different associations, the author suggests one part of the explanation is that Spanish toddlers spend time watching television with their families as an element of family time, as opposed to being an electronic babysitter. The kinds of content consumed by children can also have an impact. Recently, the Chinese-owned social media platform TikTok was shown to have radically different content for Chinese children compared to American children. In China, children might see other young successfully compete, uh, completing uh, science experiments and be exposed to patriotic and educational content. Chinese children also use a different version of the app not available to the rest of the world. Hmm. Interesting. And their use has a limited amount of minutes per day. Interesting. As the study indicates, Jess, uh, screen exposure to educational content has been shown in several studies to increase early learning skills, social skills, and general knowledge. In the United States, by contrast, children use a version of TikTok with a predictive algorithm that is addictive to designed uh, to and, and designed to induce hits of dopamine to keep a child infatuated with reliably less constructive material like sometimes uh, dangerous or unhealthy content. That's wow. I, that's all, that's all I have. Just is that the end of the article? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's, you said them. You know, I'll I'll, I'll tell you. Um, this is why I believe our Lord Jesus Christ. He told us. You know, he warned us about taking custody of our eyes. It's just not good for us to be watching anything that's in front of us. There, there's there's a a principle in Catholic theology, which is called custody of the eyes. In other words, guard your eyes. You shouldn't be watching everything. St. John Vianney, uh, patron saint of, of parish priest, he says, quote, we, we must watch over our mind, our hearts, and our senses, for these are the gates by which the devil enters in. In other words, what St. John Vianney is saying is the devil traffics through our senses, specifically the sense of the eyes. 
This is why in Catholic theology, you'll always hear good confessors will tell men, take custody of your eyes. This, this principle comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, where the Lord Jesus Christ says, quote, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not sound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness, close quote. So notice the point of this passage is that much of our lifestyle is determined by how we use our eyes, what we choose to look at, Eddie. Yes, I noticed too, some of the things that they mentioned here were some of the things you've talked about before with the lower faculties. Right, some of these things that affect the lower faculties, and and I know so many parents that they want to give their children uh, a screen time, so they buy a little little toy uh, phone so they can get used to pushing the buttons, etc. Just when and, and in reality, this might be hurting instead of helping them. Uh, I think parents now look at things different, Jess. You know, when, when we were younger, we didn't have uh, to have both parents working. We had a mother and a father there, and you know what? Uh, when when this thing is an electronic babysitter, that's when these issues become serious because now they're interested in, in making money, competing with the Joneses in this society. That's what hurts us, uh, Jess. We need to have we need to go back to tradition. We need to go back to one parent working and have mom take care of the kids at home. Yep, I'm glad uh, that's exactly what my three kids are doing. Uh, just the men work and the moms are staying home and having children. And they they've seen they've seen the uh, the disorder of the '60s generation, and uh, they don't want no part of it. Eddie, something very interesting. Also, a while back ago, I don't know if you watched it. There was there was a documentary made by by two longtime Hollywood stuntmen. They've kind of red pilled, and the documentary is called Out of Shadows. That's the out, one. Yeah, yes. Out of Shadows. It's it's worth watching. It's called uh, it's called Out of Shadows official, and it shows these two longtime Hollywood stuntmen that have about sixty years between both of them and working in the industry. They they essentially have said that the Hollywood media is Luciferian. It's satanic. It's full of the it's full of occult uh, practitioners. And both of these uh, they're, they're, they both red pilled and came back to their Catholic faith and kind of exposed. The, the whole media for what it is. Also, you can actually look on the internet yourself and you can just type in the following six companies that own all the media and you'll find articles that'll come out. There are six billionaires that own like 95% of the media, six billionaires. And, and so if you wonder why, when you turn the alphabet channel and, you know, once one station says, you know, ABC, Trump is an idiot. NBC, Trump is an idiot. CBS, Trump is an idiot. CNN, Trump is an idiot. The View, Trump. You know why? They all work for the same six bosses and they all they all sing from the same hymn sheet. Yes, that's the importance of thinking outside the box. You know, when you when you go to five or six different channels and everybody's saying the same thing, that's not even news. That's that that shouldn't be considered news. You know, they're talking points. So it's good to look at different uh, uh, forms of, of, of entertainment, different forms of, of news. Fox News is always a good change up. You know, we lost Tucker Carlson. That's that's an issue. But, you know, that's 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 what we have to control. Our eyes, 
the kids, we have to keep them away as long as we can from these things. And uh, just, but we, you know, the Catholic families have to pray. That's what we have to do. It, yeah. Without that, without prayer, we're lost. And you know what's good is there's a lot of Catholic media. You just go on the internet. There's a lot of good Catholic podcasters, a lot of good Catholic programming, a lot of good Catholic uh, political, uh, uh, you know, uh, Steve Bannon. Uh, Commentators, you know, yeah. Yeah, America, uh, you know, Real News, Real News America. Uh, there's just some very, very, Newsmax, there's a, some very good uh, sources of information where you're not going to get fake news. Also something interesting, Eddie, that, the devil actually can, most people don't realize this, but I'm going to just connect the diabolical to, to bad radio waves and bad television waves with bad messages. That in Ephesians 2, 2, the Bible says, it says this quote, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So stop right there. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So follow me. That's Ephesians 2, 2. What does that mean? that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. That means that Satan controls that realm, the air, that field, that kingdom. Since the Bible says Satan is the prince of the air, he's also in control of our airwaves. He's the prince of technology, and he's established the foundation of his empire here on earth through airwaves, through radio waves, through TV signals, through communication, through entertainment networks and streaming. From two black and white TV stations and an analog radio back in 1957 to a sophisticated, interconnected communication worldwide network capable of getting into the heads of almost 8 billion people today. And talk about deception. We didn't even realize this brilliant strategy on the part of Satan. And think about this. If Satan can talk angels out of heaven... He can talk you into hell. So you got to be mindful what voices you listen to. Just how important is that message? We don't hear that anywhere. That's why you have to keep custody of your eyes. That's why you have to uh, subject your information that you're receiving, subject it to our faith, because our faith will keep it clean. It will keep it online. But uh, yeah, just, I mean, these things happen all the time. We have to understand that this world you know, that's why several people just that we know have gotten uh, texts from, from non-numbers. Uh, they, they get a phone call when they go walking to the mass and, and there's there's a beast sounds coming on the phone. That's part of what the, what you just explained in Ephesians 2 too, Jess. This is, this is horrible and it's coming more and more common, so beware. That's right. Remember, the eyes are the windows to the soul. I forget what poet said that. Hey, that's a wrap. Uh, you've been listening to, uh, to Jesus 911, Two Man Car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. I hope you enjoyed the show. We sure did. Up next, Gary Machuda, Hands On Apologetics. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith. Long live Christ the King. Or as they say, next time, Christ the Rey. <laughs>